The truth is, creating optimal wellness isn't as complicated as the fitness industry would have you believe. But not very many people make a living off of telling people to use resistance bands and go for a walk. That's the truth. But people who have your best interest at heart, clearly, like myself, aren't going to try to sell you some kind of flashy, fancy fitness program. People that have your best interest at heart are going to take the time to figure out what your function and what your goals really are, and then guide you into the best movement and exercise for you to accomplish those things. It's Evie here. Welcome to EML Radio, where we are always talking truth. All of those things you need to hear that nobody else is willing to say. Hey, gang. Welcome back to EML Radio. Today, we're going to talk about your fitness routine and what it really means to do exercise that is functional. Kind of excited about this topic because the truth is most people out there have no idea why they're doing the exercises or the fitness program that they're doing. (laughs) They've seen it in magazines or they've seen it online or in some DVDs or whatever else or in an app. So they're like, oh yeah, that's the kind of fitness I should be doing. But I don't think most people really ever stop to think, does my movement and does this exercise actually support what I'm trying to accomplish with my life, and what my function is. So let's just start by defining what functional fitness even means. So unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, unfortunately, people, when they hear the word functional fitness, they automatically think of CrossFit because the reality is when CrossFit came on the scene, that is the fitness movement that kind of did a beautiful thing, really. They combined cardio training and bodybuilding kind of into one. So prior to CrossFit, people either were runners or were on the elliptical, right? Or they were bodybuilders and in the weight room. Nobody before CrossFit had really come about to combine those two. And the fact of the matter is, it's a beautiful stimulus. It initially was very functional because as human beings, we need to have a certain baseline strength. And then we also need to have cardiovascular endurance and cardiovascular health, but we never trained them together. And for those of you that have never trained those two things together, until you do that, you can't quite imagine what the stimulus is like. Now, That's how the whole term functional fitness kind of came into the scene. But when I said, unfortunately, what happened is CrossFit then turned into a sport. So as soon as they released the CrossFit games, then CrossFit was all about training to compete. And unfortunately, they were kind of selling it or putting it out there as functional When the reality is the only people that really should have been doing the exercises that are involved are people that want to compete. 
because doing super high intense stuff and like box jumps and those kind of things, the reality is that's not functional and it doesn't match what most people's function is. So that's when things kind of went sideways. And it's not CrossFit, obviously. They're a sport. There's nothing wrong with that. I was a CrossFit athlete for years, started in CrossFit way before it was kind of the cool thing to do, just simply because I loved it. But anyway, I don't want us to think about functional fitness in the typical terms that functional fitness is referred to these days. Because what functional fitness really means is, are you moving and are you exercising in a way that matches what you're trying to do in your life? So in order to determine whether or not something is functional, you have to first decide, well, what's your function? What are you trying to do? I get asked all the time, you know, like, Evie, what is the best type of exercise program? And the answer is, well, it depends, right? It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So my goal with today's podcast is to really get you guys thinking and evaluating what kind of movement is best for you and then to start asking yourself, why are you doing the movements that you're doing? So first of all, you got to ask yourself, what are you trying to accomplish? What's your function right now? And then what do you want it to be in the future? And then whether or not what you're currently doing for exercise, if anything, is actually supporting that function or going to make you more dysfunctional over time. Because the harsh reality is that a lot of fitness programs out there make you more dysfunctional over time. And people don't even realize that. And then all of a sudden they get 10, 20 years older and they're like, holy shit, my knees are shot. And like my hips, I got to have a hip replacement. Like I got wrist pain. So my goal is to help you guys decide what is the best kind of exercise and movement for you that's going to help you be more functional and less dysfunctional over time. So we're just going to kind of break down typical goals and I'll give you some input on what kind of exercises you should or shouldn't be participating in if those are your given goals. So the first one, and this one's pretty universal to everybody, everybody really kind of wants to look better. (laughs) So when I say if you just, if your function is to want to look good, that would mean, is that your primary function? And the truth of the matter is, for most people, the only group of individuals that their primary function is to look good are bodybuilders. Or if you're maybe in your 20s and you just don't realize how much you care and are going to need your shoulders and your knees down the road, right? So if your only goal is to look good and to look like a bodybuilder, then muscle isolation, what I mean like bicep curls, tricep extensions, muscle isolation, where you're in a weight room and you are simply loading one, maybe two muscles at a time. And that is the fitness regimen that is most widely sold in the fitness industry because it makes sense, right? Like those people that are bodybuilders, they look really fucking good, (laughs) right? You don't see anybody on the cover of Muscle and Fitness that has a whole lot of body fat. Let's get real. So it only makes sense. It's not the fitness industry's fault. It only makes sense that the most common and kind of stereotyped fitness routine out there is for you to end up looking like a bodybuilder. That sells, right? There's big money in that because let's be honest, who doesn't want to look like that? But 
you have to step back and go, okay, well, what is the downside if my only goal is the way I look? Well, muscle isolation alone, just pumping iron in the gym all day long, whether you're female or male, that will not improve your function in the long term. So you've all seen it, right? You go into the gym and you see these kind of gym rat looking dudes where, you know, typically really big chest and got the traps that you can see and big old biceps that look awesome in their t-shirts that are one size too small, right? Typically the lower half doesn't look quite so good because nobody wants to do leg day, right? Those people will have less range of motion. They will be more prone to injury and overall less functional in everyday life. You've seen those guys, right? Like they can barely lift their arms over their head. So if your only goal is to look good, well, yeah, muscle isolation works. That and a shit ton of being really aware of what you're putting in your body in the kitchen because you can pump all the iron you want, but if you're not controlling your diet, ultimately you're not going to hit that really ripped kind of big jacked look that people go for. So there you have it. There's your pros. Yeah, you're going to look like the bomb. You're going to have to be unbelievably, ruthlessly diligent about your lifestyle and about what you eat. And you know that the trade-off in the long term is that you are going to lose everyday function in your life just simply because anatomically your body changes and you're not going to be able to have complete freedom of movement. Plus, overloading your joints in that way and stuff, you are going to end up probably more injury-prone down the road. But if all you want to do is look good, Muscle isolation will definitely do it with your cardio separated. So let's go on to the next goal. What about those of you, and I kind of fall into this category, that want to be strong and want to be resilient? This is where doing a combination of, you know, your typical quote unquote cardio mixed with compound muscle contractions. So what I mean by compound muscle contractions is where you're actually moving through multiple joints and multiple muscle groups. So an example of this would be deadlifting. Deadlifting, you're hinging at your ankle, you're hinging at your knee, you're hinging at your hips. And as far as muscle groups you're using, with a deadlift, you're pretty much using everything in your whole entire body from head to toe. So that is not muscle isolation. You can deadlift. Think about power lifters, right? Power lifters are shit crazy strong, but they don't necessarily always look that good because they want some girth on them in order to get stronger and stronger. And there's kind of the happy medium in there for everyday folks that like myself, right? Like I don't want to be a power lifter, but I want to be strong because I know the benefits of it in my life. And then the other component of that is being resilient. So if you want to be resilient, and what I mean by that is just kind of harder to kill. You want to be harder to take down. You want to be strong from head to toe in a lot of different ways. You want to be able to climb a fence if you need to. You want to be able to go under a fence if you need to. You want to be able to go hard and sprint fast if you need to. And you want to be able to lift a car off of somebody or a heavy box out of your garage. That's what I mean by being resilient. If you want to be resilient, then you have to have a little bit more of a stress stimulus in your exercise routine. So you don't want chronic stress in it. So you don't want to be doing CrossFit five days a week. You want exposure to high intensity exercise purposefully scattered throughout your fitness regimen throughout the year. 
Because if you just do muscle isolation, you're not necessarily getting stronger, guys. You have to realize that you are getting bigger, but there is a big difference between muscle hypertrophy, which means muscles getting bigger and muscles actually becoming more dense. So the denser the muscle, it may not even look that big, but it's really dense and therefore it's stronger where you can have a really big looking bicep that actually isn't all that strong. So there's your difference. And then there's a ton of different weightlifting protocols that happen. And those are areas that we help you out with. But strong and resilient takes compound movements, not muscle isolation, not bicep curls, not separating out arm day and leg day. And that actually, I have to tell you, like when I see just everyday folks doing like, oh, I don't want to miss leg day, it just kind of makes me giggle. Because the reality is it's kind of ignorant. Because let me ask you, when in your everyday life do you just use your legs or just use your arms? (laughs) Unless you're a bodybuilder getting up on a stage and flexing and trying to develop each of those muscles independently, then you shouldn't be training them independently. Your arms don't work one day and your legs work the next day. That's not how your body works. They all work in conjunction all the time. So for the vast majority of you out there, it makes no sense for you to be doing muscle isolation unless, again, you just want to simply look good. But you can look good, real good, and be functional at the same time. And you do that through compound exercises, which also involves a little bit of intensity and a lot of recovery work. So I kind of gave you some examples of what that would look like with a deadlift. That would be your weight training portion where plyometrics kind of comes into play, either stepping up on a box, jumping up on a box. If you're younger, just keeping in mind that that's going to wear your knees out quickly. So if you want to alleviate pain, which we'll get into, or you want to live a long life of freedom of movement, box jumps probably aren't the best thing for you. Right, So you want controlled intensity sprinkled throughout the year, but not high intensity every day. And you're going to want to incorporate lots of recovery work like yoga, like walking in the sunshine, low impact stuff in combination with compound movements. Next goal, let's lay out alleviating pain because this is what a lot of people experience, especially as you age, you're now like, holy shit. I have a lot of aches and pains, or even for those of you, especially gals who are pretty weak overall, right? You've never done any kind of resistance or weight training and your wrists always kind of hurt or your ankles hurt. That was me when I was in my twenties. I was a child of the step aerobics (laughs) era and I was just destroying my knees. I used to have all sorts of knee pain until I decided that I wanted to be strong and resilient and strengthen those muscles around my knees. So anyway, alleviating pain is a big concern or a big function for a lot of you. And if that's the case, then you absolutely do not want high-intensity exercises in your fitness routine. What you need to be thinking about is, okay, where do I hurt and am I hurting because that joint, it's typically in the joints, right? Is that joint weak? And are the muscle groups around that joint weak? Because that's the reality, guys. Most pain, other than associated with inflammation and diet and a couple of other things, right? But most pain that you're experiencing is because of some kind of weakness, what we would like to call upstream or downstream from that joint. 
So a good, for instance, would be like lots of male clients that I used to work with would be like their elbows would hurt, right? So they've got big biceps, right? They know how to weight train, have done quite a few bicep curls in their day, but their elbows always hurt. And they're like, Evie, I can't quite figure out what's going on with my elbow. Well, then I would look at their forearms and it was very evident why they had elbow pain because upstream from their elbow, everything was fine. Actually, too big and everything below the elbow in the forearm because who wants to train their forearm? That shit's boring, right? So everybody neglects forearms and therefore they get pain in their elbow. So hopefully I can give you a really good visual of that, guys. When I'm talking about upstream and downstream from your joint that's experiencing pain, you've got to ask yourself, okay, where is the deficiency or where is the weakness in the muscles above it, the muscles below it, or within the joint capsule itself. So let's just take that. You've got sore knees. Do you really think it makes a whole lot of sense to be doing box jumps? But you see everybody like, oh my gosh, people who do CrossFit look so good. But you're in your 40s or 50s and you work 40 or 50 hours a week, don't sleep all that much and have all sorts of lifestyle stress and pain in your knees. But yet you go to CrossFit classes and do box jumps. See, like most people are not stepping back. And just asking the very principal question of like, why am I doing this exercise? But you got to do that, guys. If you want to achieve success in what your function is over the long term, you've got to figure out why are you doing the things you're doing and does it make sense? So what do you do if you do have kind of pain in your joints? Well, for one, you do need to do some resistance training Now, I'm not talking it has to be heavy weight training, but you do have to do some resistance to where you're building up the connective tissue within your joints. And that's something that actually most people never even talk about. I don't know a personal trainer out there that I've met yet that talks to people about strengthening the connective tissue within their joint before they just start talking about large muscle groups. Unfortunately, it's just something that Lots of professionals within the fitness industry don't understand, but that's critical. So before you're ever worrying about like getting more definition in your hamstring, you got to figure out, okay, what do all the connective tissue and tendons and ligaments within my joint capsule in my hip and my knees look like? Protect those buggers through resistance training, band work, not overloading them to strengthen the connective tissue first and then move outward from there. So Alleviating pain involves resistance training, yoga, and walking. Really, guys, that's it. Or riding a bike. So you don't have to join some fancy fitness program for you to accomplish just alleviating some of the pain in your body. Actually, quite the contrary. You shouldn't be going and joining a gym or doing some kind of fitness program that involves things outside of yoga, walking, and band work. Keep it simple. And then what about those people that are like, yeah, you know... I've gotten a little older. I obviously want to look good because we all do. But my primary focus now is just being free from pain, having a lot of energy, and living the longest life possible with complete freedom in my lifestyle. That's a lot of people out there. And most of you listening, that's my audience. You guys are like, yeah, I've kind of tried everything. And what I really want to do is I want to be able to travel when I'm in my 70s. I want to be able to go on hikes. I want to be able to do fun things with my kids and my grandkids. If that's you, 
then let me tell you something. The last thing you need to be doing is any kind of intense exercise. So when we talk about intensity, we're talking about that exercise where you're like, I can't catch my breath, right? And you're so sore for a day or two or three afterwards that you don't want to go back. Let me explain something about that. People have this misconception that if exercise doesn't hurt you, then it's not benefiting you. (laughs) And again, that is about the lowest order thinking I can come up with. Your fucking exercise shouldn't hurt you. That's just dumb. Your exercise should challenge you and leave you feeling more energized when you're done and feeling better when you're done. So if you want to live a long life and you want to have good, healthy joints, avoid anything with high intensity in it. You should be getting sweaty, long, sweaty, hard workouts with walking. Again, doing some yoga. Definitely don't do any kind of like fast, explosive movements. You don't need it. So when you think about all of the different fitness options that are out there, and I mean, let's face it, it's endless. Whether you do, you know, bar classes or you do some kind of kickboxing or group power classes or strength classes or, you know, spinning classes, you just need to ask yourself a couple of things. And I'll leave you with this. Why are you doing the movements you're doing? And whoever is telling you to do these movements They should be qualified and knowledgeable enough to be able to explain to you why you're doing it. If they can't, my suggestion is move on because just because they look a certain way doesn't mean that they know anything about fitness. So you got to know why you're doing it. And then ask yourself, is what you're doing actually working? So how many of you like chronic spinners out there are actually shedding body fat and are actually becoming more resilient or have more energy. Most would say no, because if you're just like an everyday person that wants to look good and be strong and resilient, a little harder to kill, and be able to have freedom until you're in your 70s or longer, then an hour-long or a 90-minute spin class doesn't really mean anything. It's not improving your function. And on the opposite end of the spectrum would be like if you're just sitting in a weight room, staring at yourself in the mirror, looking at your muscles, trying to get your biceps bigger, is that really supporting your function? Because it's not going to help you live longer. It's not going to give you freedom of movement. Actually, it's going to give you less freedom of movement. So you got to ask yourself, why are you doing it? And then really give yourself an honest evaluation about whether or not it's actually helping you accomplish your goals. So I'll leave you with this last truth. The truth is creating optimal wellness isn't as complicated as the fitness industry would have you believe. But not very many people make a living off of telling people to use resistance bands and go for a walk. That's the truth. But people who have your best interest at heart, clearly, like myself, aren't going to try to sell you some kind of flashy, fancy fitness program. People that have your best interest at heart are going to take the time to figure out what your function and what your goals really are, and then guide you into the best movement and exercise for you to accomplish those things. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Always fun. This is an area I'm super passionate about, and maybe one of these days we'll record some stuff in the gym so I can actually give you some visuals, but we wouldn't be able to do that on audio versions. We'd only have to stick to video. But anyway, hopefully that is helpful. Figure out what your function is, 
hit me up with any questions at any time. I love to help. Um, You know where to find me. Send me an email, evie at eviefats.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.